Well, so what was the what was the lead on the paper? Go ahead, go ahead and spit it off. We can give this to our Patreon listeners for that, oh, that unedited yes, content. Okay. Yeah, actually, um, and it, I can send you a link. You can put it online. Sexual, Sexual dimorphism in the human olfactory bulb. Females have more neurons and glial cells than males. Hey, everyone. So this week I'm cutting and recording this in Toronto, Canada. I have to say, I now realize how great we have in Kentucky and other plenty of parts in the U.S. There might actually be a drought of bourbon here. But on another topic, this is the last podcast for the month of August, so that means you have until next Wednesday, the 31st, to get in your Patreon pledges for our giveaway. This is going to mark our fourth month of pledges, so that means t-shirts are right around the corner. And for any graphic artist that might be out there, we're actually looking to make our logo into a vector graphic, so if you think you can help us out, make sure you shoot me a message. The bourbon hunting season is readily upon us. Old Forester Birthday Bourbon is set to release nationwide on September 2nd. So start those engines and remember to support the show on Patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Bourbon Pursuit. Do you ever pour yourself a bourbon, swirl it around, and then start struggling to come up with tasting notes? And perhaps you're also looking for a good Father's Day gift idea. Well, you can now solve both with a kit from Nose Your Bourbon. And unlike other nosing kits on the market, Nose Your Bourbon kits feature real ingredients for the most authentic aromas. You can smell real Tahitian vanilla bean instead of some synthetic aroma that's just made from chemicals. So head on over to NoseYourBourbon.com and enter code BP10 for 10% off your order. And they're off for another Get270 2020 Unicorn Raffle. Your $20 ticket gives you not one, but two chances to win from our lineup of 20 Woodford Reserve treasures, including the grand prize, the rarest unicorn yet, the Woodford Reserve Kentucky Derby 150 Baccarat Edition. Only 150 bottles were made and is just like the one the Derby winning owner receives. Quit horsing around and get your $20 tickets now at Give270.org. Charitable gaming license ORG 000273. Ed Bly and Rising Tide Spirits are back again with a new release of Old Stubborn Bourbon. And this release of Old Stubborn is a premium hand marriage of 10, 11, and 12-year cask drink, barely filtered pot still bourbon. It comes in at a staggering 123.8 proof. And the flavoring grain for this one, which the last one was weeded, but this time it's now rye. Rich, sweet, and bold with a long finish that's sure to be another eye-opener. You can order online at Sealbox or thebourbonconcierge.com and you can even purchase in person at Revival Vintage Spirits and even now with very few select stores in Kentucky. You can get it now while you can, but be sure to do it because it's not going to last long. From their bar to yours, Chad and Sarah of the popular YouTube channel It's Bourbon Night bring you their favorite at-home old-fashioned mix with the new Elemental Elixir's Golden Hour Syrup. It's a custom-made syrup with notes of bold black tea, warm spices, and orange zest. All you need is your favorite whiskey and ice. No bitters needed. One bottle makes 16 drinks, so that's only $1 cocktail before you add your own whiskey. They can also be enjoyed in other cocktails or spirits, mocktails, coffee, tea, and anything you can think of. It's crafted locally in Lexington, Kentucky, and you can get your bottle now at whiskeyambitions.com. Welcome back to another episode of the Burn Pursuit Podcast. Kenny and Ryan back here once again in the saddle, and Ryan just got back from a nice little vacation in Tahoe. You want to tell everybody about it? Yeah, uh, my 
my best friend actually married my wife's sister, so my sister-in-law, so it, it works out. Holidays are going to be awesome now. But anyways, they got married out in Lake Tahoe, and, uh, you know, there was this really cool bourbon bar in the village, Heavenly Village, that we were staying called California Burger Company, but they actually were a whiskey bar, too. But the bourbon prices were insane. Like, Elijah Craig, $16 for a one-ounce pour, uh, you know, Evan Williams, just regular $10 or $12. So I was like, you know, I'm going to try something else. They had High West, uh, a lot of their selections, and they were reasonably priced. I never tried it. So I tried the Bura and the Rendezvous Rye, and I was like, wow, this is really good stuff. And it kind of blew me away. And I know that they source it from MGP, but uh, whatever they do, you know, from the time they get it from MGP to the to the bottling, they're doing something well. And I, I just want to give a shout out to them and say, keep doing it. And I'd, lo- we'd lo- I'd love to talk to them on the show one time. You sure it wasn't the altitude? It might have been the altitude or, you know, just being on vacation, you know. Like, it makes I'm everything just, better, right? Just glad to be away. But no, I was super impressed, you know, because we're, we're so snooty about our drinks. You know, if it's not from Kentucky, we're like, ah, oh, that sucks. <laughs> we do have a bias. That's right. Yeah. So uh, we also want to kind of give a shout out. There's two more uh, kind of things to, to kind of talk about real quick. Uh, two two good articles that I read recently. First came from Bourboner, and he released uh, the Four Roses Small Batch Limited Edition recipe. I guess it went out to the TTB. And when it goes to the TTB, you can read the label and kind of get everything that you want to get out of there. So this year's 2016 uh, Four Roses Small Batch Limited release is going to feature a 12-year-old OBSV, a 12-year OESO, and a 16-year OESK. OESK. And it says it denotes— OESK a, is always one of my— Yes, that was, that was the Elliott Select this year. It was a 14 year OESK. So kind of keep that in the back of your head as well. Um, but I expect to see this around the second week of September. Usually it's yet another fall release that we have to go and go and run yep, for. Kenny will be at the big barrel, you know, there in uh, Cox's Creek yep. waiting in line. <laughs> With everyone else, not going alone, right? That's right. <laughs> so let's go ahead and introduce our guest today. So today we have a repeat guest, right? So we've got Susan Regler back on the show. Just to give kind of everybody a quick rundown of Susan from last time, I'm not going to go as extensive, but you can check her our past episode uh, where Susan was on. But she's an award-winning writer. She's a James Beard Foundation Restaurant Award judge. She's a graduate of the Woodford Reserve Distillery Bourbon Academy and the Filson Bourbon Academy. She's an executive bourbon steward by the Staven Thieves Society, as well as the KDA, and currently serves as the president of the board of directors for the Bourbon Women Association. So. Welcome back to the show. Great to be here again. Thanks. Awesome. So today is going to be all about bourbon women. We, you know, we gave us your rundown earlier about, you know, how you got into bourbon and stuff like that. Kind of give us the idea of, of why did we start bourbon women and maybe even not only that before we can get in there. What is bourbon women? Aha. Uh-huh. Well, bourbon women is a association of like-minded females who love bourbon want to know more about bourbon, want to meet each other and uh, talk bourbon. And actually, it's a pretty good professional networking organization and educational and philanthropic. We also raise money for various good causes and really enjoy doing that with some bourbon and good food. Yeah, I guess that's, it brings everybody together, right? It, right. it, it <laughs> always does. Absolutely. So how many members do you guys have? Wow. Uh, well, since it's founding in 2011, we have had about a thousand women across the country wow. sign up. And so it's it's not a local thing, right? Like it's, no, it's everywhere. Most most of the members are based in Kentucky, probably about half. But we have major branches. That's of about a hundred people each in um, 
Indianapolis and Chicago and Cincinnati, Northern Kentucky, um, opening one, launching one this fall in Atlanta. And I have been part of Bourbon Women events from coast to coast, which has been really, really exciting. So it's been been tremendous. Talk about how it started, because I think it's, yeah. it's always interesting to—, to I think we've we've kind of coined this term before as like a, a bourbon opportunist, right? And we say we we see a gap or a niche or a hole in the market that mm. needs to be filled and you kind of just go for it. So how, right. how did you kind of examine it and see this? Well, I, I was not the founder. Um, in fact, um, the founder was Peggy No Stevens, who was the first female master taster in the bourbon industry. She worked for Brown Foreman and she would do a lot of bourbon tastings and always found that um, – in a room that was mixed with with women and men, that the men were really great about asking questions, and then the women would come up afterwards and ask her questions because the women were kind of afraid of, you know, not sounding like they they sounding like they didn't know anything. And Peggy always said, "Well, you know, it's it's, it's all right to ask the questions." And then she thought, "I wonder if it would be." possible to create a sort of a safe space, as it were, to have women feel like they could ask any old questions and not feel like, you know, the guys are going to laugh at them or whatever. Not you guys would never do that. I know Absolutely, that from yeah. the, from being with you. So we've from, got we've got wives. We've learned our lesson. Yeah, there, there you go. You're also, you're also a different generation, which sure, I must sure. say, uh, you know, my generation, a lot more of that. But anyhow, um, that's really – that was the idea. They gave Peggy the idea and she talked with a couple of other uh, people such as Cynthia Torp, who's the owner of Solid Light, who does a lot of bourbon exhibits and is a bourbon lover. And they kind of bounced around these ideas and said – did a couple of focus groups and voila, Bourbon Women was born. And again, that was 2011. Uh, had our first event at the Kentucky Governor's Mansion, which is a pretty good way to wow. start, which is a beautiful, beautiful setting. And um, it's been – Uphill ever since. It's yeah. been just great. So I guess talk about talk about a little bit more about the group. Like so what is what is a benefit of actually joining Bourbon Women and, right. and how do would you even go about joining it? Very easy to join. You just go to bourbonwomen.org and you can see how to sign up on that. There is a fifty dollar a year membership dues, which helps things like maintaining the website. Uh, obviously, the board of directors were all volunteers and, and do that, but we do have you a- You don't take a paycheck. <laughs> we, I do not pay, take a paycheck. Now, I, in fact, I find myself writing some checks to bourbon women from time to time, but only only for cool things like events, actually. Right. Um, and that's what it's about. If you are a member, you might get to have an event either maybe with a master distiller at a really- Interesting venue. We were on Millionaire's Row at Churchill Downs one time with Jim Rutledge when he was the master distiller at Four Roses. Got to taste a lot of different bourbons and, and bourbon cocktails and sample some good food. Uh, we had a private and exclusive tour of the um, Bullet Frontier Experience at Stitzel Weller that Betsy Bullet hosted. And fabulous food and wonderful evening and a great behind-the-scenes tour of the facility. And we'd like to do the behind-the-scenes. We do private barrel selections from different uh, distilleries, and those are sold retail um, locally through um, Liquor Barn. They're mm -hmm. the ones who, who are kind of – you have to have a retailer, of course, if you're going to do a private barrel selection. And um, gosh, and then just women who are 
Some are small business owners, some are attorneys, some are college professors, uh, get, making connections, getting to know each other, and, and doing some really good. There's a lot of uh, business card swapping that goes on right. at our uh, meetings. Now, you pay dues, and, and you know, I was, in, I was Greek, and we know that the dues go to the local chapter. Are your dues going to the local chapter? Does it go to nationally and it's dispersed? And, and how does that affect the events that are happening well, at each, each right, chapter? Right. It, it all comes it, – wherever it is, it comes into the national uh, – organization, and that provides the infrastructure for the organization. Um, if you are going to an event, and our, our branches will um, organize, and they are called branches, you know, as in bourbon and branch. We did that very much on purpose, but no, that's in our go. articles of incorporation there. Um, if you have a branch event, say, in Chicago, uh, you will actually pay most of our events. You also pay something a little extra because that's supporting that event. So what they collect uh, they will basically pay their expenses for putting on the event, whether it's hiring the venue, the bartenders, the caterers, that sort of thing. So it's a, it's a multi-layer, uh, multi-layer outfit. Absolutely. So uh, we we already determined this is a national society. Um, you've got chapters in in what five states now, or five different cities? Uh, right, four different cities. Yeah, about four different cities, and not including just the. National, which we refer to, which is headquartered in Louisville. Right, right. Yeah. And we do have, I'll mention this, you asked what other benefit. We do have an annual conference that is national. We have people from all over the country that come to it called the Sipposium. And at the Sipposium, uh, we will have everything from cocktail making to talks by distillers to um, – you know, chefs, uh, also distillery tours. Getting This year it's going to be in Lexington, so we're going to take people out and about in horse farm country because they're coming in from all over. We had people from California, Colorado, Arizona, Florida, New York, mm-hmm. you know, all over the place last year. And we're looking to do the same thing this year. Well, I anticipate you you want to grow too. And I've, I've looked at the stats for our podcast, and I know that only half of the listeners are actually from Kentucky. Aha. So we've got uh, quite a bit of outreach outside of the state. Mm-hmm. So if there's if there's women actually listening to this podcast and they're like, well, this sounds pretty interesting, right? It's right. an opportunity for me to learn from people like you, uh, even to have you out and talk to our local Which chapter. I have done. And, yes, absolutely. And, and so how do they go about and saying like, uh, hey, Susan, I, I want to start a chapter here in Boise, Idaho or wherever it's at. Uh, they can just write to me at S-R-E-I-G-L-E-R at AOL.com and I will get right back to them. Uh, Did they have to go like through your boot camp or anything? <laughs> no, not at all. We do encourage them to come to the symposium and meet with some other branch ambassadors, find out what they're getting into. You do need to have a minimum of 25 interested parties. And by the way, men are welcome to join Bourbon Women. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, they are. Go. I didn't you know, know that. Other, I'm down otherwise, for parties with 900 women. There you go. <laughs> and, and Bourbon. And there, there you are. But you did tell me you were married. I, I heard <laughs> That's that one. True. Okay. All right. I, and and Mrs. Ryan is listening oh, to this she's probably. Coming. Okay. Oh, hey. <laughs> well, and that, that does happen. A lot of women bring their husbands um, to some of our events, which is great. And um, – no, it's it's a good time. No, it's awesome. So I guess with the the barrel selections, like how, how does that work, right? Because mm. you, I mean, you're you're already front facing, like you already you're in with Liquor Barn. You you know exactly the right people to talk to, and you've got a liquor store behind you, and a barrel yields somewhere what two hundred to two hundred and eighty bottles. If, if you're something. lucky, if you haven't <laughs> if had too much evaporation, yeah, right? maybe not even two eighty. One eighty about one eighty is pretty good if it's an older bourbon. Yeah, yeah. so we'll yeah. say one eighty to two hundred. Yeah, and you've got a thousand people. 
in your organization. Mm -hmm. So are people saying like, hey, can you ship me a bottle or is it, how's that work? Oh, we actually haven't had that happen yet. That's interesting. It's a really interesting question. Um, We do certainly say on our website that we have the selection and it's available retail uh, in Louisville. And actually we have had uh, our bourbon women in Chicago come down for a barrel selection and they've sold it through a liquor store in Chicago. So that has happened. And that's probably a benefit of having a branch that if you have a large enough core of people in a particular city, then your liquor retailer will be interested to, mm-hmm. to do that. I was going to say. You kind of split the cost of the barrel. Uh, well, well, basically, the they make store. the money. Yeah. yeah, they make the money. But sure. we ha- but you, we've picked it out for them. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, you get to do the picking. They make the money. That's yeah, right. that's, right. that's how it's not like you get to go buy your own barrel. <laughs> as much as we'd all love to do that, it doesn't always get to happen. Mm-hmm. So I guess that, that would probably be another benefit because if if you've got 100 women or men now mm-hmm. with inside of your chapter, um Hopefully, one person there has got some sort of pull with any kind of liquor store, and maybe their name's getting ready to be drawn for Four Roses or Buffalo Trace or whatever it is, right? Yeah, because right. Um, we actually were just talking before the show that Ryan finally got a chance to go and get a bottle from the barrel that he picked, and he's already on deck to go do a second pick. And I'm like, well, what the hell? I've never even been asked <laughs> to go to do a single pick, right? So <laughs> You got to be from Barstown maybe, and no liquor store owners. That's got to be it, right? So <laughs> That I mean, helps. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, getting in with the liquor store owners is, is the way that it has to go, right? Well, and we, we do events with uh, this particular store um, at uh, at Liquor Barn. So we have an event there called, it's also an annual event we call the Sip and Shop. So our members go in and uh, are able to do the bourbon tastings and talk. Brent Elliott was there last December when we did this. We do it around the holidays, and that way if people want to do some, uh, some gift shopping and some party shopping for their entertaining um, they can do that, you know, the different foods, the the liquors, and and, all. and we get a we get a um, you know a really really nice evening of um, meeting and greeting and trying some great bourbon. I thought you were about it, to say a really nice discount too, yeah, like yeah. you don't have to go coupon <laughs> clipping, right? No coupon clipping. <laughs> <laughs> Shopify's already taken the cash register online, helping millions sell billions around the world. But did you know that Shopify can do the same thing at your retail store? Give your point-of-sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify's point-of-sale is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. And with Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers inline and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns, from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. And get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's point-of-sale Go Mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash bourbon, all lowercase, and go to shopify.com slash bourbon to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash bourbon. So I, I guess, I mean, is it, do you have regular meetups or is there like a, a Google Hangout session like once a month that everybody can kind of get on and kind of talk to one another? Like, well, how do you guys like keep a cadence? You know, uh, it's remarkable. Our members are very, very busy people. So we don't really have regular, say, 
every other week or um, once a month or any of that sort of uh, meeting. We do plan out our calendars about a year or two years in advance and try to have in Kentucky at least six what we think of as major events. Uh, so far this year, uh, we went to the Jim Beam Urban Stillhouse, which was really pretty cool. And we um, got to do some tasting there. We, we went through a bourbon tasting and also um, – Oh, the opportunities to buy their special version of Jim Beam at the Urban Stillhouse. So he did that. But that was um, a very pleasant evening. And then another really great event. Um, so we went to the Fraser History Museum in downtown Louisville. Um, that one was uh, sponsored by Heaven Hill. And again, we had some bourbon tastings and um, got to tour the uh, Prohibition exhibit sort of after hours. Went down there. It, was, it was great walking around the Prohibition exhibit with a glass of We're bourbon in your right. hand. Yeah, it was, it was a real kick to that. It's, it's fun. And yeah. for anybody that hasn't learned or know about that yet, you can actually listen to a past episode we did with Andy Trinan, who is the – I don't know what he is. He's a marketing director for Coordinator, the – director, yeah. Something like that for, for the Fraser Museum. So you can learn all about the Prohibition exhibit through there and what they're actually doing um, over at the Fraser. Uh, I guess another question for you, is there a secret handshake? Like once you're in, <laughs> no. or once you're in, are you in? Like you got to – Once you're in, you're in. Yeah. Yeah. Our secret, secret handshake, ritual. yeah, the, yeah. The, the secret ritual is, uh, you know, your visa number to pay your dues. <laughs> right? yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that's kind of it, yeah. But we don't publish that. We don't share those, I promise. Well, I hope not, yeah. right? I want to mention another very special event we're going to have at the SIPO which is we are going to be guests at Betsy Bullis' house for a barbecue that oh, evening. Cool. So that's interesting. Not, not too many people get invited home by uh, some of the people in the industry. So well, I, I think I want to talk a little bit more about the symposium because I think it, it gives opportunity for people, as you said earlier, mm-hmm. that maybe they, they're a little shy. They don't want to ask the, the dumb questions, mm-hmm. even though we've, we've, there already, no we've questions. already established that there are no dumb questions. Correct, correct. There's, there's only dumb answers, right? Something like that. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> so I guess how many people show up to the symposium because it would be a, an opportunity for them to network, right. uh, learn from like-minded people, right. uh, as well as, you know, and, and have a really good time at the same at the same moment. Well, last year, well, the very first year we did it, when we did it two years ago, we had about 75. Last year, we had over 100. This year, we're looking at probably between 125 and 150. Wow. And so we're hoping what we're doing is having this grow every year as the word gets out and what a good time it is. And we will see. So what do you, I mean, I guess how many days is it? Where, it's, it starts on Friday. And what can you expect? I guess okay. that's, the, okay. that's the bigger thing. Well, it, it starts on Friday and um, you, could, you can expect some distillery tours. You can expect some uh, cocktail tastings. Uh, you can expect a lot of bourbon tasting, uh, some talks with the uh, industry insiders. Uh, Weta Michael, who has many, many restaurants in the Lexington area and who is the um, chef in residence at Woodford Reserve, is going to be there talking about bourbon and food and cooking with bourbon. Uh, I'm sure we will do a certain amount of sampling of the things mm-hmm. that Weta is going to cook up for us. Um, we turn everybody loose in downtown Lexington on Saturday night to go around and find their favorite restaurants and bourbon bars. We'll have a list of recommendations for that. We did the same thing in Louisville last year. Uh, I, I think there were there were a lot of uh, Louisville bars that were pretty interested to <laughs> yeah. wonder why all these women were suddenly pouring into their place asking about bourbon. Uh, that was big fun. I, I do a private tasting uh, called the From the President's Cabinet of some of my special bourbon goodies. That, uh, Ooh, yeah, we get to invite that. that, that yeah. That's, that's uh, yeah. Mm, well, you pay your well, money I, again. I got my yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I hope it has a really high credit limit. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> but actually, it's an opportunity to taste some uh, pretty rare and some expensive bourbons for 
one low, low price, as they say. Well, it sounds it sounds really cool because, you know, we've talked about the Kentucky Bourbon Affair plenty of times. And actually, Kentucky Bourbon Affair wrapped up a few weeks ago. And we, we had a, an event in it. In fact, we participate in the Bourbon Affair mm-hmm. every year for the last three years, I think. Talk about what you did this year for it. Oh, this year it was called uh, She Said, He Said, the Bourbon Anatomy Academy. And we had a blind tasting that involved uh, 33 men, 47 women, 12 whiskeys, uh, 10 of them were Heaven Hill products, and two of them were private barrel selections that I had helped choose for Louisville's Party Mart, another local liquor store. And um, we had a really interesting set of results where um, the women liked, um, let's see, I would say all three of their preferred whiskeys were barrel proof. Uh, of the men, two out of their three were barrel proof. And um, the women least favorite uh, whiskeys were the lowest proof and the le- least complex. Go figure. Yeah, how about mm-hmm. it? Well, we kind of talked about this in the past episode. There's there's science behind it, right? Yes, there so, is actually. So kind of yeah. give, give everybody a little bit of recap of, of why right. you think. And I mean, do you think this is interesting just from a scientific point of view? Or I mean, is this is this interesting like, oh, we kind of knew this was going to happen. They're going <laughs> to like barrel proofs. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, we have certainly had the experience that women like the barrel proof and, and more complex bourbons. It wouldn't necessarily have to be barrel proof, but certainly even um, you know, something that's aged longer. You know, um, the the bourbons with some age on them also tend to, it's really even a sweet spot around 9, 10, 11 years, um, women t- seem to go for. And it, there is the, the scientific background that in general, in human beings, women's uh, brains, the olfactory bulb and the receptors, uh, it's 43% larger, 50% more neurons that are allowing for the perception of these flavors. And the fascinating thing about that actually has to do with immune system and mate choice, but we won't go into all that now. That's a whole <laughs> yeah, different podcast. Say, why is that? Explained? That's a real, I'll, I'll explain to you guys the later. The way in the yeah. weeds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you could. <laughs> so I, going back to that, why I even started down that tangent was because, like I said, the Kentucky Bourbon Fair wrapped up and there's, there's, a, there's a lot of people that come in for that, like a lot oh, yeah. of people. Oh, yeah. And this is this is sort of like it, but on a on a much smaller scale, but a little bit more. I guess you could say uh, I don't want to say comforting, but it's a, it's a little bit more. Um, I don't. I'm not blanking on the right word to use, but it's it's a. But I mean, it's a little bit more. Uh, it's a little more in. It's a little more personal. It's a little more yeah, I guess informal. That's I mean, you have it. smaller events. Uh, you don't have a big old street fair, basically, like you have in, in Bardstown. You know, it's, it's just a different kind of event. Um, so I think people get the chance maybe to be with uh, people in the industry too a little more, more. intimate, you know. Exactly, kind of, that's yeah, the word I was looking for. Yeah, intimate. yeah, yeah. Just yeah. took me a second to dig it out. <laughs> <laughs> I get so nervous when I'm on air. That's right. right. <laughs> yeah. Put these mics in front of me. Turn it a different. Oh my person. gosh, is that a microphone? Yeah. yeah. Oh, all right. So back to back to bourbon women. What's what do you what do you look at maybe your your long term goal of this organization right because you know you said founded in 2011 so mm-hmm. it's recently new um, compared to most other things that are out there that have been around for whenever but what's what's your long term goal in regards of growth strategies or anything like that I think we are just um, enjoying the ride right now just essentially that our whole mission is to. Um, Encourage women to enjoy bourbon, to appreciate the heritage, the uh, the cultural features of bourbon, just how complex and fascinating and interesting the history is, and uh, to kind of realize that, yeah, this isn't just 
somehow or other a drink for only half of the human species, that it's <laughs> something that everybody enjoys, and that kind of had kind of fallen out of favor with women, or culturally it was it was taboo for a huge, huge number of reasons. Um, I just wanted to mention that my mother, on her 80th birthday, uh, she's now deceased, unfortunately, but she was a great bourbon lover and um, took her out to dinner. And then we went to Jack's Lounge at St. Matthew's and for dessert and some bourbon. And she uh, was sitting at the bar. We sat at the bar because there were no tables. And she said she was very excited. She said, I've never sat at a bar before. When she was growing up, women were not allowed literally to sit at a physical bar and so she'd never done that. Wow. That's crazy. And yeah, so that's that's the sort of cultural heritage that for the second half of the 20th century, women had to deal with sort of past prohibition. And um, that has happily changed. Yeah, and I, I agree. But I mean, women have been around in bourbon industry for, for decades, right? I mean, uh, it's, it's his, not— it, if Read Fred Minnick's book, Women in Whiskey, you'll know that it was a woman who invented the distillation process. So, yeah, women in whiskey have been together for a very, very long time, <laughs> hundreds of years. Um, but certainly women have been very involved in the bourbon industry uh, really very early on. Women were the distillers on farms when there was excess corn crop. They were the ones who were in charge of turning it into whiskey because the men were out harvesting the corn and the women were the ones who had the equipment in the kitchen to do the distillation they had the fun job <laughs> yeah 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 and they had to do all that quality taste testing That's too right. mm, so you got that hard life right no wonder they <laughs> developed that you know extra sense palette there you go <laughs> so what's what's next for you kind of kind of talk about what's next for you and on, on the horizon for me or for bourbon women for you for, you. for me for me well i i have two new bourbon books coming out so that's pretty exciting. That's always fun. The second volume of the Kentucky Bourbon Cocktail Book and the revised edition of my Bourbon Country Travel Guide. Um, I'm just continuing to, oh, actually updating the Bourbon Tasting Notebook with Mike Veach. Uh, actually, the first edition, which came out last year, had 215 bourbons in it. Uh, the next edition, if we get all of our tasting and writing done here very shortly, we'll be out this fall and it will have at least 60 more bourbons in it from that initial 215. Did you say 60? 60, 60, at least that, maybe (laughs) 70 actually. Um, You need help? (laughs) (laughs) Everyone asks that. Imagine, imagine. So that's coming up. So I guess really coming up for me is a little more bourbon tasting. Yeah. Well, that's not bad, right? Not bad. I can do that. So I guess uh, a little quick plug for that book. Kind of give us the the, the synopsis for the the tasting book. Right. Uh, Like what's the the deal behind it? You know, I don't want to go read the Amazon two paragraph No, you you don't want to do that. I I can definitely give you the quick version and why it's very different from the other tasting books that are out there. First of all, it is your notebook. Uh, Mike and I tasted every single bourbon in this book, but we only tasted about six at a time because you don't want dead palates, so we really want to know what we're tasting. And, we, you get, and you're probably not sober. Okay. After well, <laughs> they are tastes now. You know, that's the thing. It's not ounce pours. It's taste. Um, but um, the important part about it, we each offer our perspective on the flavors that we detected, but we leave space for your notes, and we have a scoring scheme for you. We do not rate the bourbons. The other thing is if you're exploring the world of bourbon, it's indexed in several different ways, not only by the name of the bourbon, but it's indexed by proof. So you might want to 
sit down and say, I, I think I'm going to compare some 90-proof bourbons today. Which ones are 90-proof? You don't have to walk up and down the aisle in the liquor store. You look at the index in the book. By style, you want to know which are the weeded bourbons. They're all listed there in one, one spot. You want to know bottled and bond bourbons. We've got them listed that. So by style and by price point. If you've decided, if you've just come into an inheritance and you've got you know, a lot of money to spend on bourbon, you think, okay, what are all the bourbons available that I have to pay, that I can pay more than $100 a bottle for? But if we've got them listed. Right? Like if you can find them, that's if the other If you can question. find them, that's true. But if I don't want to spend a lot, I'm on a budget. What are the bourbons that are under $20 a bottle? So we have them all, in, we have them indexed all those different ways, which people have told us over and over again, they really appreciate and enjoy in the book. Well, that's awesome. So you can get that on Amazon as well. So make sure you go and you search for that too. Yep. So last last kind of question, give everybody your kind of uh, last minute pitch to say why you should join Bourbon Women and uh, and how they can do it one last time and plug for the website. Well, if you want to in, enjoy bourbon in like-minded company, make some great professional connections, uh, meet some super people in the industry, and have a great time sipping bourbon, go to bourbonwomen.org. Awesome. So, Susan, thank you again for being on the show today. This was fantastic to learn more about the organization, how people can, again, get with those like-minded individuals. Uh, learn. We learn more about the olfactory senses, learn more about yet another book. I think we forgot to talk about it on the last show. So it was, uh, it was fantastic to kind of just get all this knowledge out of you. Yeah, thanks for your time. Uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, I I'd love to hang out with you and, you know, <laughs> get to that private tasting yeah, cabinet. Yeah, go to that private tasting cabinet. I'm not giving you my address. <laughs> That's right. I don't blame you. I know where you work, though. That's true. <laughs> but no, thanks again for for your time. And, uh, you know, we'll if you guys have any show suggestions, you know, comments, feedback, we'd love to hear it. And please support us on Patreon. We we want to keep this thing going and the donations help, you know, just keep this thing going. I agree. I agree. Uh, you know, with that, we are sending out samples. We got all the koozies, got everything in. So make sure if you want to, please support the show. It really does help us. It, it gives us some motivation to keep doing this uh, and everything like that. Because again, uh, as even Susan can, can mention that this, all the stuff isn't a moneymaker, right? It's all for hobby. It's, it's love for, of bourbon. Exactly. It's, exactly. It's all for fun. So make sure you also follow us on all of the social media channels. And as Ryan said, social suggestions, we take them to heart, send them to us. Uh, we're going to try to get them into our calendar, whether it's in person or over Skype or Google Hangout or whatever it is. Uh, and then again, also support us on Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash bourbon pursuit. Thank you all. And we'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.